Good evening, baby. Good evening. How are you? Wonderful. So I'm Foster. This is Megan. And uh, we're launching off on a journey to start a podcast. Hi, guys. So uh, a little bit about us. So I'm 34. Uh, I am. I've been married three times. And uh, I'm sitting next to my soulmate, the woman of my absolute dreams. And uh, she's also 34. And we decided to share a little bit about our journey and, uh, and what we've learned along the way and what we've learned through our healing process and overcoming a lot in our lives. Amen. Grateful to be here. Absolutely. So how are you feeling this evening? Only married once. <laughs> oh, super grateful and blessed. Um, just open to the adventure. So how many kids do we have between us? Two. Okay. So plus I have dogs. A, yeah, plus dogs. Uh, so I have a one-year-old son. Um, Megan has a soon-to-be three-year-old son. And uh, we've kind of decided to merge our families together and start this journey uh, towards happiness and having a really happy family and kind of embracing the divine masculine, the divine feminine, as we've both been kind of spending the last year of our life really discovering that and trying to find it in ourselves. So through a lot of independent work, uh, I think we kind of arrived at the same place and then met haphazardly a little less than a month and a half ago. and. Uh, through Bumble, of course. Yeah, so that was a, it's an interesting story because um, I was a Bumble novice. This was uh, this was my very first date off of any dating app ever. <laughs> I uh, I'd had fake profiles created of me in dating apps, but they were actually never mine. So this was my very first date, first twenty four hours on Bumble. I, uh, I met Megan and the conversation really never ended. That's true. So how did we come to the conclusion to, um, to launch a podcast? Well, we've been magnetizing all this positive reinforcement and everybody wants to know more about how we attracted our relationship and are healing ourselves and, it's just a good collective place to share everything and connect. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, yeah, that's something that's been really interesting is a lot of people, men and women have reached out to me on social media. And I think to you as well, you know, both grateful. I think you know, each of our following knows what we've gone through. They've kind of followed along with the journey. And, uh, and I think they've seen the low points for us in the past couple of years. So I think that the, I think everybody's collectively happy to, uh, to see us emerging from that. But at the same time, <laughs> The other really interesting part is that we, we've only been together for like a year, a month and a half. I mean, it feels like 10 years. It feels like 15 years. And I think people see that, but they all want to know, you know, they, they know our story. They're glad to see us happy. But I think the real question is, how the hell did y'all do this? Right. And I don't think we're entirely sure either. I mean, I know we were intentional. I know we absolutely knew exactly what we wanted from our next relationship. I think we were both actively looking for that next relationship. Yeah, that's all it takes. That's the truth. Exactly. Well, it takes that self-work too, right? I mean, I think we, I think we put a lot of effort kind of, you know, on the Jordan Peterson line. It's the most narcissistic thing in the world to say, you know, why can't I find a partner? It should be moreover. You know, how can I make myself the best possible partner and then attract that. And I know I'm butchering his quote, but I think that that's so tantamount with us as we both turned really inward. I mean, we were still dating, but 
we turned, most of it was inward turning and really did a lot of self-work. Um, I know you journal, I'm an avid journaler as well. So I think that that's been huge in overcoming kind of the, the, especially my past. I mean, you know, for me, relationships were, were terrifying uh, maelstroms that I really, I felt no safety. in. Yeah. Lots of healing work. It's been a journey. I'm, I love teaching yoga and through, you know, yoga and meditation and breath work and, um, you know, really being conscious about what I put in my body, food, drinks. Um, yeah, I've been able to really tune into my power. Um, it's been a season of rising from the ashes, if you will. I think that's the first thing I said about you when I saw you is that you had this glow to you and you still do. I mean, we're sitting here watching the sunset in our kitchen and, uh, and she definitely has this like magnificent glow to her. We're working on video for the podcast. So you'll be able to see it as well. Cause it's a, it's a visual pleasure. I love you. Love you. So I think the main thing too, is just um, like being aware of the way that we block what we actually desire. Um, because I think a lot of times people can find a really great spark in a relationship, but they're too insecure to lean into it because what if it goes wrong? And what I love about us is we just like have been so like daring and just like declaring what we wanted. And then when it showed up, it was like, I don't know. It was just exactly what we expected. So open the door and let it walk in, you know, like removing all the barriers that we have inside of ourselves that block us from what we desire. You know, it's that subconscious work. So I just admire that so much, you know, in a partner. Wow. Knew it was possible, you know, but um, one failed marriage later, (laughs) you know, it's like all I really wanted um, was deep connection to be seen, heard, understood, you know, admired. I'm just so grateful that, you know, you do that for the people in your life. Well, and I think that's important, right? Like, and, and that those are the things that I want from a relationship. And I think that's, you know, regardless of what you're actually looking for, I think it's really important that you take the time to know exactly what it is that you want. And, and is it traumas that you're looking for? Is it, you know, for me, I was looking for chaotic prior experiences because that's the household I grew up in. So I was looking for a simulate for my personal life or for my childhood life in my marriages, in my relationships. And, and it was only until I healed that childhood trauma that I could really get present and, and be ready for a relationship. And, and to be blunt, I mean, there were a series of, you know, where I was quick to say next with people, I would talk to people for a very brief period of time and realize that this isn't ever going to work and that I need to, I need to make a change. Yeah. So we talked about that in the beginning, which is really funny. So contrary to you, I had Bumble for probably like two months. I went on probably like 20 or maybe even 30 first dates. And I remember talking to some of my friends and I'm like, you know, I'm just, I don't really want to go on a second date because I just didn't feel the spark, you know? And I remember asking like multiple people, like, does the spark develop over time or is it just like there, you know? And I mean, people are divided on the issue, by the way. The spark does develop over time for some people, apparently. Um, But what I experienced, you know, I went out on like multiple dates with two other people and then I met Foster. So um, dating through Bumble was actually not terrible for me. I'm really grateful for Bumble, actually. Shout out to Bumble. Um, But yeah, when Foster showed up, it was like the things that I had worked through and learned in those other dating relationships. 
I can apply here with an open heart. And I don't know, it's been really beautiful. I'm super grateful for you. Same. And, and, and I feel like what I'm most grateful for is that place to grow the, the place of that. I feel accepted that you're not going to judge me. If I show up weak, you're going to trust that I'm going to put the effort in to grow out of it and to become different. And, and you give me the space and the encouragement to do that, which is powerful. And I think we give that to each other. Um, you know, it's kind of that, you know, ancient Taoist yin and yang balance. And again, kind of, you know, the Jordan Peterson conversation, but I think that when you have that really strong masculine energy and that really strong feminine energy, for one, um, at least in my experience, there was a lot of conflict. There was a lot of clashing with, with women that, you know, for lack of a better term, have developed these protection mechanisms. They've built these safety nets, which is unfortunately masculinity. Um, you know, they become more masculine, they become more defensive because it's not safe to be a female in the world. And I think that's, you know, that's an underrated fact, but it's the truth is that, you know, men can walk around and it, it's still unsafe for men, but far more so for females. Um, and that's something that I think we, we overlook with the whole equality discussion. Um, but I think that's a man's job is to provide that safety. And, and if a woman is trying to provide that for herself and it doesn't, you know, she, I don't need a man. Um, she'll never have one. And that's kind of, you know, that that's, you manifest what you speak and what you want. And if you say, I don't need a man, well, then you don't, but you also never kind of experience that higher state of being, which is what I desperately want. You know, I want that perfect relationship that's gone on a long time. And I think that that's, what's so funny about us is we're so cocksure about it. We, we kind of met and, you know, I don't think it's lustful. I think we've kind of talked through it really well. And, and I think we're both educated enough now to actually talk through it. You know, I'm sure, you know, in your marriage and in my marriages, I mean, we talk through things. I was just too naive, too nascent. I didn't know myself. So how could I possibly know another partner? How could I know someone else if I don't know myself? It's an ongoing journey, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I think that. You know, and I think, you know, your journey is a little different from mine in that you know, I was, I was left, but you, you actually did the leaving. And I think that, um, it shows different aspects, but it also shows that I feel safe with you, which is really unique. I mean, even though you, you basically, you left your last partner, um, the same as my last partner left me, um, that should bring up some kind of duality traumas, but it doesn't because there's so much trust and openness and communication between us. And I think that. You know, and, and you're so um, intentional and insightful with your reasoning. And I think you fully accept the consequences. Plus, your target is, is a phenomenal co-parenting relationship, which I think, you know, the early stages are hard. Um, I'm For going sure. through that right now. But I think you've I think you've finally gotten there or you're starting to. And that's really helpful. Yeah, we're getting close. For sure. I think there's a lot we can offer the world inside of, you know, sharing our journeys because, you know, you don't learn anything about what happens after you say I do. You know? well, that, <laughs> There's and, a lot more to it. And I think that's something we talk about a lot. And I really, I'd love to do a podcast kind of just strictly on the, the divine masculine, divine feminine. But, you know, I think that there's this, this wonderful saying that, you know, an 18 year old boy is worth absolutely nothing because men are forged. An 18 year old woman is worth everything because femininity is to be preserved. So it's the masculine you build, it's the feminine you preserve. And so I think that, becoming an artist of preservation of who that femininity is and, and being willing to take the risk in the world as this divine, strongly feminine person 
I'm amazed by you. That's powerful. I mean, because you walk out into the world and you're very vulnerable, which is hard for a woman to do, a hard for a woman at 34 to do. So I'd be cool to like hear, I mean, I know, I know your story, but like to hear some of the better parts of that and like how you got there. Yeah, <clears throat> I love that. Thank you. So I'm an avid reader. I love to um, just discover, you know, and um, improve and excel i honestly think that's how i got her she fell in love with my library he has a great library <laughs> which i rent books out of now so um i was reading a book when my marriage was failing um i was taking you know total responsibility and um i read a book called the god empowered wife and it, it really talked about um the symbiotic relationship um when when a man and a woman are in this relationship with spirituality at the center, um, it can, it can create miracles, you know, it creates synergy, it creates life, it creates, you know, it builds up the, the woman, you know, it strengthens the man. And, um, unfortunately I just, I didn't feel any of that in my relationship. So I think in discovering that I, you know, I was really trying to be that for that relationship. But in discovering that, what I discovered is, you know, there are certain roles, masculine and feminine. And um, when I am type A, have it all figured out, need a perfect plan, like be in control, it, it doesn't allow space for my partner to lead me and protect me and serve me. And um, I just, I didn't realize that's truly what I desired. And so in reading and learning and then experimenting, like I had, like I said, I did it to other people, you know, between meeting Foster and being on Bumble. And <laughs> those people taught me each of them a different lesson and, and, they were necessary. And so coming into this relationship, I had shedded those more masculine ways of being and like really softened into my femininity, which has magnetized me. Like people are just, I mean, I've never experienced anything like it in my life. It's like everywhere I go, people are commenting that I'm glowing. You know, um, I just, my, all of my relationships are stronger than ever. You know, people want to be in contact with me and know how I'm doing and hear about what I'm creating. And so just alignment with ourselves, you know, and I think when we are, our core relationship is in that balance. Um, it allows us to really shine and, and, you know, rise to our purpose, to the occasion. It's been I, the last thing I'll say, cause I could really talk about this all day, but it's been so amazing to have you, you know, we had broken our, you said like we became a family. It's like, we broke it in with a day at Disney and that's how we consummated it. <laughs> and, um, it was honestly so incredible because like I go to Disney all the time with, with Kagan, but to be there with you and your masculine, you know, power to just help me control the craziness that goes on at a Disney trip, you know? And it's like, just hearing your voice and your sense of calm, like allowed Kagan to be a way better listener. Like we had such a great day. You know, those of you have been to Disney with kids, like a one-year-old and a two-year-old. We literally had no poop blowouts, like no massive tantrums. Like everybody got a nap. 
<laughs> we didn't waste a ton of money on stuff we didn't need. Like, it was a perfect Disney Yeah, and I mean, day. we had healthy food that we brought with us for the large part. I mean, like, that was a really incredible trip. Like, yeah. we really, like, stuck to what our principles were. And again, I agree. Like, and for me, I notice it most, like, around the house and just your presence to be calming. And that's what I wanted most. I wanted that divine feminine because... You know, for me, I was none of those things. I could have never, just a year ago, I could have never been that calm in that situation. I could have never been the one to kind of lead a family because I had so much of my own journey to continue on. I didn't really have good control over my emotions. I didn't even acknowledge my emotions. Um, so for me, you know, to be that, that guy that is, you know, a good father, a good husband, just a good man, at first you've got to be rock solid with yourself. And I think that that, you know, I, I've read and read and read, and I think I've read every self-help book out there. And I think the key transformative point with me was when I realized that you can't grow yourself if you don't accept yourself. And so I think that, you know, as you were talking about with your feminine story, I think accepting your femininity and accepting what that means and accepting the vulnerability that comes with it that lets you kind of relax into that feminine. And, you know, and again, I think something that you didn't mention was how successful your business was beforehand. You know, you kind of not to, not to pick on you a little bit, but you kind of had that, I don't need no man mentality because you had the successful business. You didn't, you didn't need a man from at least a monetary standpoint. You were able, you know, you were living in a nice house on New Smyrna beach. You had it all kind of figured out, but as you relax into your feminine, you didn't really need that anymore. And, and, and to me, you know, you say that this is, is recent and, and I would say the same for my masculinity. I mean, this is the first time I've shown up as this person in a relationship. There's no doubt. Um, but I love it. And it, it, it's sort of addictive because it's, it's being the truest version of yourself, which is what I think at the end of the day, you all, everybody wants to be. You know, we spend all this time buying, you know, the, the Chuck Palahniuk line, you know, buying, I forget it precisely, but buying clothes and things we don't like to impress, to buy, buying clothes and things we don't need to impress people we don't like. And we work jobs that we hate in order to do all of this. Like it, it makes no sense. And, and my whole life was consumed by that. I mean, I spent so much time kind of on that materialistic train. So being free from it now um, and being able to kind of relax into that masculine, being able to relax into the caretaker, the caregiver, I find that so much more rewarding than, you know, wondering what the the latest, you know, buying a new suit, you know, suits are my weakness or some, something like that. I don't even have a good example anymore. Um, but, you know, I are having 10 cars or, or some you know, crazy thing that I really just don't need. I get way more joy out of just being able to be that energy for you, being able to be that energy for Kagan and Eli. Um, you know, that's what I've always wanted. And, and, you know, that was a huge conversation that I had with my ex. That's kind of funny. Um, I really, and I, I don't think she believed me, but I really wanted to be a dad. Like I made a conscious decision to become a father and, and to not repeat, you know, I wanted to be the, the wall against the you know family trauma breaks. And, and I, I, you know, I'm serious about that. You know, I felt, I felt, and, and with you, you know, I see, the validation of my journey. I, and again, I think at deep down, you know, we want, you know, we, I feel like my journey was receptive, but, and productive as well. But I wanted, you know, that external validation to say, Hey, yeah, you're doing a good job from somebody that has a great child that knows what it is to be a mother. You know, I've you know been a, basically a single father 
you know, not nearly as long as you've been a single mother, but that's hard, especially for a man, which doesn't have that feminine energy, which doesn't have the attention to the little tiny details, the intuition that a mother has. Fathers don't have that. At least I didn't have. So for me, that's the hardest experience I've ever gone through was kind of having a child. And, and basically after a court hearing, you know, less than a month later, like here's a child for an overnight, like here, here is your kid. Great. Now what? <laughs> um, you know, and, and I read all the books and I did all the studying. Um, I wouldn't say that I had the most cooperative co-parent, but, um, but she was very helpful. She provided everything I needed in the end. Um, you know, even now, you know, with the meal prep, I mean, she's incredible for that. She makes really clean, healthy meals. So those are really cool things. Um, but they made my life easier. And I was very, in those moments, very grateful for that because that was challenging. Um, and I feel like as soon as your feminine energy showed up in my life, everything balanced. I mean, it is classic yin and yang. It is, it is just the very classic symbiosis that comes from a man and woman living in that relationship together. I agree. I think it's really interesting also that we're both parents, you know, and meeting this way. Um, because certainly I've never showed up in a relationship like this either. But as I was listening to you speak, I'm, I realized it, it was really inside of becoming a mother that everything changed for me. I literally created and nursed this child exclusively for a year. You know, it's like the most empowering divine experience one can have, you know? So I think in that, I really discovered my power again. Um, and then I almost like sacrificed my entire self in the newborn stage and the first year, like trying to do it all so perfectly because he was so sacred to me, <laughs> you know? Um, as a parent, you just want to do the absolute best you can, well, and, you know, for your kids and, and not an, traumatize them, which is something Foster and I are both hyper aware of. For sure. And I think that that's something that, that should actually be addressed is you didn't have the masculine energy at that time to balance you. So here you are kind of panicking in mommy mode, trying to do everything possible for your, your child, your offspring, the, the, the person that you created. And you didn't have that masculine energy to provide that balance, to calm things, to explain things, or even to just be a sounding board for, right? So you were very much still in that fight or flight. And that is, that's a tough place to be while you're also dealing with the stress of raising an infant. So, I mean, that is, I mean, kudos to you and, and honestly, kudos to any mother out there that's doing that, you know, with no help. I mean, that is. And all the 2020 mamas, that was a wild year to have a newborn. For sure. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, I think in those moments I realized um, that something was missing. I, my marriage lacked a deep intimacy. And, you know, I think intimacy now that I understand it and I feel it, it's the most important thing for a relationship to have, um, especially a marriage. Um, and so being intimately connected with your partner, um, you can trust them, you know, you can feel you don't really even need for them to talk sometimes, you know, you can really truly just tune into to how they're feeling. And, and, and it's been so beautiful to have that. So I'm just so grateful for the intuition that it was available, you know, for the courage, you know, to give something that was like, okay, to find something great, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are in okay relationships, but um, you know, if it's not serving you, and you see, you know, that you've really 
lost some of the things that you value that are important to you in your life, um, have the courage to, to reassess, you know, make a list, get clear on where you want to be, who you want to be, how you want to get there. And, um, anything's possible in a pretty short amount of time with some intention. No, I, I totally agree. And I think that that's what I honestly locked, locked or lacked prior to any of this is I didn't have any intention really with anything that I was doing. I mean, I think that, you know, business was unintentional. Personal life was unintentional. I think the only thing that I was really very intentional with was my aerobatic career and flying acro. I think that that was, that was hyper intentional. And I really like went after that um, with a lot of clarity. For me, business was kind of tumultuous with my family, and it was very hard to pursue things in a linear fashion, at least you know, from my perspective. So for me, acro was the one thing that I could pursue at my own pace with my own desire. And, that was, and that's really, honestly, when I look at my healing journey and what it's come through to, to get to the place I'm at today, I think that's a key point for it is, you know, seeing the success that I had in aerobatics and trying to reprint and reuse that model um, to, to heal, to, to overcome everything that had gone on and to kind of move past it. Um, and it's been hard. I mean, it is, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done, but as we, we talk about all the time, it's, it's also one of the most rewarding. I mean, it's impossible to not feel the rewards that, uh, that we've received from this. I mean, not just, you know, with this amazing relationship and I'm sure, you know, there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to just follow along to see, you know, we're, we're basically planning the rest of our lives together after being, you know, a couple for a month and a half, um, which is nuts. But at the same time, I think, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to want to see if it works out. And, uh, and I think this time we may have gotten it right. I mean, I think we really have the secret sauce figured out that, and so many people comment on it, which is what makes me feel that that's the case is that just so many people have commented that this is different for you, Foster. I mean, people that have known me my whole life, saying like what's what's different you know my last relationship not to not to put anybody under the bus but um, my last major relationship i won't even identify it because i don't want to make the person upset but i got a lot of negative feedback from a lot of friends um sort of telling me to run for the hills and uh and i didn't and uh and that was that was telling and for me you know everybody's reaction has been you know it's like my sister said to you she's never seen me smile like this ever in her life um, I feel like a little kid again. I really do. Yeah. I got to thank the surfer boy I dated before you because he, uh, totally got me in touch with like my inner child. And I think that's a major key, like, um, swimming in the ocean, being in the sunshine, being outside, running, like letting the waves wash over you at the beach, you know, just like playing, ride your bike, have fun. Um, I was so serious, you know, in my business and then in my mom life, you know, and then I was like, you know, it's just, it feels good to come alive. Well, and I think for me, you know, that was, <clears throat> as everything started to fall apart in my life, I think that one of the key issues was that I didn't really do all the things that I loved. I stopped riding my mountain bike all the time. I stopped with my triathlon training, I stopped doing all the things that I loved. I stopped aerobatics. And I think that that had an outsized impact on me that I, I never really, never really fully accepted that it was, it was that important to me. And it really was, I think that was like the, those little happinesses were the guiding light. 
And like you said, it's the little things, right? Like it's those little moments every day that really make things worthwhile. And without those, then why are we living? True that. So what's your favorite thing to do for fun? Oh, I love everything, honestly. I I was trying to get you to say yoga and talk a little bit about you being a yoga instructor and how incredible that you are yoga. Thank you. Yeah, yoga is one of my favorite things to do. I, um, I most recently taught yoga in Puerto Rico overlooking the ocean. That was incredible. I was there for that. That was one of my very first yoga sessions. Yes. Um, so it was really cool to watch that entire group do it. And, and we had all skill sets there, which made me feel a little bit better because I thought I was just going to you know, show up as this guy that was you know, incapable of doing any of these simple body movements, which I felt really good after that class. You did I mean, great. You kicked my ass, but like it was good. Yoga is for everyone. That's the message. Um, I love it. It means union, you know, tuning in the mind, the body, getting balanced. Um, it's a great way to approach life. No, I totally agree. And and I'm really grateful for you bringing that into my life because it's not something I would have ever done on my own. Um, but now that I've started, you know, for me, meditation was meditation was really important. And I would get meditative while I was working out. So like running for me, uh, cardio really is usually where I get meditative. So long term running, like long distance and long distance bicycling, not mountain biking, but, but cycling. Um, I would get very meditated during those times if i wasn't listening to a podcast wasn't listening to music i just kind of sat with myself and those were my really my first early mindful moments that started to kind of peel back the layers of the onion that that are my existence so that was a really important thing and i think yoga that's the whole intent of yoga is to kind of bring that mindful moment yeah for sure yoga is intended to prepare the body for meditation so meditation is really. Different. I didn't know that. That's the first I've ever. I learned something new right as we're live. Yeah, it's true. So you can sit still. You know, if you loosen up your hips, then you can sit still a little bit better. So, yep, that's how the yogis designed it. Meditation is definitely a key um, to getting in touch with our higher self, and I think it's essential for every day. Um, I have had a meditation practice since about 2012. Um, and I am actually really looking forward to um, taking a plant medicine journey to Costa Rica and doing ayahuasca because I feel that ayahuasca is truly a way to accelerate, you know, tuning into our higher selves. Yeah, and, and I think our that's... purpose. And I feel like there's nothing more I want to do in this lifetime than tune into that and live from that space. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. I think that's one of the key elements of, uh, of that ayahuasca experience is going through that transcendental phase where you kind of get to transcendental meditation, which isn't very easily attainable, um, you know, as a meditator. So it's something that takes years and years of practice to get to. Uh, what did our friend Margie say that it, ayahuasca kind of kicks you through the door? Um, <laughs> and I think that, uh, you know, and I hope we can have Margie on the podcast because she would just have some incredible insight into everything. Um, but yeah, I think that that's an incredible uh, step in the process. Cause for me, that's where I, I struggle right now is, is what do I want most? What do I want to, to take my skill set and, and do next with? And that is, it's a big part of the journey is what, you know, how can I help people? How can I give back? Yeah. And how I think recently too, the journey has been a lot about surrender. Um, 
like maybe realizing like my ego doesn't have it all figured out. So it's asking for a divine guidance. That's what I love. Like it's, it's actually ayahuasca is compared to like mother earth, you know? So you're tuning into the earth, you know, and saying, guide me. I think it's like the most spiritual, sexual, sensual, sacred well, I mean, process. the process might so hot. Well, yeah, but the the physical process, and we've been we've been doing a lot of research on it. It um, the physical process is not nice. Um, it is uh, it's a, a lot of intense nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, um, shakes, heat, cold, um, just really not just like a bad flu. Well. Yeah, but like yeah, but um, but self induced. Yeah, um, get it out, baby. Yeah, but no, I, I hear you. Um, for me, you know, I've got a little bit of apprehension about the nausea, but um, I think that that's an important part of the process. You know, You've I never been pregnant. That is true, nor will I ever be. That is uh, that is reserved for the divine feminine, not not for me. Let's not start a uh, a discussion over over uh, gender pronouns and whatnot. We could we could stick on that for a long time, but no, I think that that uh, I think that's you know, that's true. <laughs> is that I, you know, it's as close to a pregnancy kind of nausea as you could possibly get. I think, you know, we've only watched men's experiences, but I'd be curious to see if a woman actually. Oh, I mean, it's, it's not nausea. It's vomiting. Yeah. Like it's straight up. Like, so you drink a tea that comes from the jungle. Basically it's like tree roots and it's sacred and it go it goes in and allows your body to purge things that are, holding you back essentially trapped, like yeah trapped memories energetically up. just like gets rid of it and it looks like vomiting or otherwise but after that you um you basically everybody's experience is a little bit different this is the way i understand it you hear from mother nature and you get clarity on who you are and why you're here and what you're capable of. And for people that have the experiences, like they're applying what they take from these, you know, journeys, these retreats and stepping into their purpose in a way they never have before. And for me, that's like the most exciting shit. Like I love that having a life of purpose, you know, and, and evolving, you know, I, th I, I think that's why we're here, you know? So Completely agree. And, you know, I think, you know, that's one thing that we talk about human design a lot. And for me, you know, my human design is projector. So really kind of, you know, one that gives information to the world. And I've always kind of felt like an educator, like someone that is there to give information, knowledge. Um, and I've always enjoyed that. I've always sought knowledge and with the intent to be able to give it at a later time. And your uh, human design is a manifesting generator. So those are a really great pair of like, you know, the kind of idealist and the person to make all the ideals happen. Yeah. It's a nice parody. Great parody on every level. That's something I can, that's another thing we should definitely look at doing podcasts on is, uh, is the human design concept and, and how our human designs, how we've seen the truth in them in our kind of day-to-day -day activity. Uh, but going back to the ayahuasca, I think that's, that's really the, the purpose of this podcast and really the reason we wanted to to launch on this journey is to to share our story with the world which a lot of people have asked questions and and wanted to understand you know how did we find this and, and what's causing this to be so good especially at our age you know how did we how did we find love like this at, at 34 which i think why why is that a uh why is that an abnormality? I think it should be the norm because by our age, you should really have it all figured out and maybe not, maybe you don't ever have it all figured out, but you should at least 
begin to understand yourself. Yeah, but sometimes you're in a a relationship already at that point. Yeah. You just stay there. I think it's a lot of the story. But in your case, it's the courage to step out of the relationship. And for me, it's the courage to move on. I think that that's the the real thing that, that it takes to find something like this. If you find yourself unhappy or or not content in a relationship, I think that it takes courage. Um, you know, for me, it's definitely been courageous to, to, you know, to move past the mother of my child who, you know, I kind of promised everything to, you know, that was, that was a real challenge for me. And to be able to do it was to realize that I deserve better. And then to also have the faith and trust that I could find better, which I was beginning to give up on, you know, that that's, hence the bubble journey, the bumble, a bubble, bumble journey. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was quick to say next to Bumble and then um and then here we are. Yeah. I think that's that's the whole message. Um being super clear on exactly what you want. And as you said earlier, that comes from being clear on who you are, you know. So spending yeah. some time just really figuring your shit out, you know, when things trigger us, oh wow, look at me getting upset about that, you know. Maybe there's something there, kind of exploring it, you know, there's no shortcut, but figuring our own shit out, you know, and for me, you know, dating really helped me move past my, my parenting, my co-parenting. Like it was so hard as a mom, even with your kid, 24 hours a day since the moment they were born. And now, you know, their dad's going to have them some of that time, you know, but I really took that time to grow as a person focus on myself, you know, and, um, I'm so grateful that I did because I know it allowed me to get clear on what I wanted. And I think in closing, I will say that the contrast of seeing what we don't desire in past relationships is the best gift. Um, and and it really, for me, showed me what I did desire, you know, going forward and just always remaining clear that we can have whatever we desire and if we're not getting what we desire we're asking for the wrong thing (laughs) well and i think that you know that or we have the wrong intention i think that that's the truth you know for me i wanted all the right things and then i kept asking or i wanted all the things that i wanted um and then i kept asking myself that narcissistic question of why can't i find this person and it was when i went on that journey and i i kind of dove in head first um and I, I was almost up to giving up fate and saying that I'm actually going to find this. I thought that I was destined to be alone, that I wasn't going to find the person that could turn everything on for me. And, uh, and then you stumbled through my front door. And, you tripped uh, me. I don't think I tripped you, but uh, you definitely um, fell into my arms the very first time we saw each other. That's true. And, uh, and it really hasn't since then so tell them how long our first date was so our first date was 48 hours yeah we uh we um we had a wonderful time could not get enough yeah it was and then we uh we skipped a day and then we went to clearwater for three days i think so or two days and had a great time down there with with some friends and some prospective clients of mine so it was uh it was a great time to to do that and and to enjoy ourselves so it's a long distance relationship for those of you following along, yeah. right? Is it considered long distance? I mean, it's an hour and 15, maybe 20 minutes. So, I mean, I, it is kind of long, but we, we really haven't spent too much time apart. But I think that, uh, you know, and that's something for me, you know, I used to hate it to have to spend time apart. And today I'm okay. Like, I don't prefer it, but 
it doesn't trigger any of those old wounds or those old insecurities in me anymore, which is really unique. But yeah, no, I think that you know, it is long distance, but I think we're already kind of coming up with some plans on how we can, how we can move ourselves closer to each other. Yeah. Uh, I think ayahuasca is going to help a lot with that. I think that that journey is going to, going to show us a lot of what we have coming our way. Um, and I think that, you know, maybe our podcast is a little bit premature because we're, we're launching it before we actually took the journey to see what our future is. But I think we're pretty intentional about this and, and I feel really good. I've always wanted to share my story with the world and, and I know you have as well. And I know that you've put a lot of effort into becoming who you are and it's, it's a really magnificent person. So I think that, um, I think we've got some things to share and, and I'd love to just kind of go through the process of, of sharing our knowledge and then having some incredible people come on the podcast and share their knowledge as well. Um, to kind of help change people's lives. I think in the end, that's what it's all about. So it is. And I think, you know, as we talk more, we will get more clear on what we desire. You know, like I heard you talk a lot about aerobatics, you know, leaning back into that, those passion projects, just having more fun. That's the whole message. I think so. And I mean, to me, that's, that's exactly what I want is to be able to have fun again. And to have fun at the forefront of my life and to, to learn how to make a living while having fun. I think that that's been new for me because I was miserable in business for so long. It was successful, but it was miserable. It took a lot from me. And I think, you know, this new venture in my life, this new season of my life, it's really learning how to, how to give back and really focus less on the monetary reward and, and more on the physical and emotional reward that we get from helping others. And I think, you know, that's what, if I can do something through this podcast, that's really what it is, is share information that we've either learned ourselves or learned from, you know, the gratitude of others and put it out to the world. So thank you all for joining. Thank you so much. Heavenly ways, heaven awaits. I swim in your love. I drown in your love. The levees would break. I'm there for you, babe. In every way, whatever you say, 11, 11, 11, 11, I'm ready to stay. I'm loving your style. I'm loving your face. I'm loving your smile. I'm up in the...